morning, everybody. Good. You know Every it. Every time. I go sing my way in. But Kelsey, you didn't dance for me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, do it again, Tony. Uh, <laughs> take two. <laughs> no, we are live. Believe it or not, no editing. We literally just do this one shot. Mm-hmm. One and done. One take. One take. Tammy's over here. <laughs> well, how's everybody doing besides being ice freaking cold? Oh, cold. The yeah, heat in my car is going out. Yeah, it's a, I know it's not a Monday, but it feels like a Monday. Yesterday was definitely Monday. This is Monday part two. <laughs> so Monday part two, I'm going to, I'm going to really make it like a Monday. We're going to tackle some hard stuff today. So, you know, I always do my, my reading over the weekend. Well, I mean, let's face it, I do my reading all the time. And uh, I came across this article that said, uh, they were talking about how uh, they just completed this survey and how unprepared young people are for the workforce. Uh, they had surveyed like a thousand companies. And two of the things that they called out, one was collaboration and one was interpersonal skills. And it got me thinking about collaboration because I was in a situation when I was a very young professional just starting out where I had to collaborate, and it's hard. So I started Googling, why is collaboration so hard? And I found some interesting stuff, but before I share it, I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. Have you been in a situation where you would had to collaborate with other people to achieve an objective at work? Every day. Yeah. And is it hard every day? Not every day, no. I wouldn't Especially say, yeah, I wouldn't say Especially if you're working with the same group of people, like, on a consistent basis. Yeah, you, you start to learn. Right? Yeah, you start to learn, like, each other's strengths or weaknesses and where you have to pick up the slack or where they might have to pick up the slack. Uh, especially, like, the f- the three of us plus Angel on the other side. We can't ignore Angel over there. Hi, uh, Angel. The four of us, uh, <laughs> we are here, like, a lot. So, like, we end up working together most of the time yeah. yeah you guys collaborate really well together well a lot of us are really like easygoing people too and i don't think being like thrown into a situation where we have to collaborate we would be like great right away yeah i don't think i'd handle that but well. like i think exactly like we kind of like we, we can give and take because we're very like easygoing people i used to collaborating so. in school because they'd send you out in a group of four and everybody had to do something different yeah. and that was how we got taught yeah so yeah so i think that the I think that I would say it this way, like when you're first thrown into a situation, that's what we call collaboration. And then as you work with those same people over time, then it morphs into teamwork. Mm-hmm. That's my my simple way of mm. describing it. Yeah. So when you first start, you guys have any experiences of what was difficult and how you came through it? Expressing my views and how I saw something in my head to somebody and trying to picture what they saw and then mix it together. Well, that's interesting. You know, because obviously when you get a project or an assignment, you have an idea in your head about, okay, this is kind of how I want this to look or kind of how I want this to go. You, in your own head, can understand that, but to be able to get somebody else to see, understand, and know what you want and then mix with their plan, I felt like that was the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. Because we would go out on shoots and somebody would want to film this. Well, we don't. We didn't really need that, yeah. you know. Oh, I want to go. I want to go film this guy's. It's like, but we don't. We don't, we don't need <laughs> that though. So, getting along. Yeah. And getting stuff done without fighting. I feel like when you're starting collaborations is very important because uh, if you start bickering with your group, nothing's. Gonna I get done. what you're saying though, because like I've totally had that moment though where it's yeah with Alana. It was perfect. Like when we were downtown 
um, and we were learning like new equipment, or I, I had learned just learned new equipment, and I had to basically ex- explain something that makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. that really doesn't make a lot of sense in general mm-hmm. to somebody, <laughs> and I, I had to make it make sense, and I didn't know if that if I could do that the right way, if it was, mm-hmm. or if it was my point was coming across well. Mm-hmm. If you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's really irritating? When you're forced to collaborate with somebody and then they stop showing up for the assignments. Mm. Remember that? That happens a lot. That's so irritating. It holds everybody else back. <clears throat> and, you know, we'll do a show at some point on some tips on how to accelerate getting promoted because one of them is to volunteer for um, organizations uh, that represent your industry. But one of the most frustrating parts about doing that is you are surrounded by people who agree to do stuff and then don't follow through mm-hmm. because it's a voluntary situation. So people feel like it's optional. But, yes, that happens in early work groups a ton. One or two people. Oh, I'll be there. I'll bring this. They don't leave. show up at all. You're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. where's or like, my camera? Or like if they are there, they're just coasting, you know, like riding on the leader's coattails type of thing. But then don't you also find it becomes a challenge if you want to take the lead to get stuff done, then other people think that you're being bossy. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a volunteer, you probably shouldn't be bossing people around. (laughs) No, no. Well, but I mean, like, when you're collaborating. We would go out in groups, and it was supposed to be the three of us. The one guy stopped showing up, so we just kept doing everything together. There was no leadership about it. We were like, we need to get this done. We need to pass. So forget him. Exactly. What are you going to do? Right, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what leaders do, right? You work around the limitations that you're identifying as part of the process, exactly, and then you step up. I'm just saying when everybody is participating and some people just naturally start taking the bull by the horns, like I can anticipate Alana playing that role pretty quickly, sometimes people, it's interesting, they resent it, even though obviously the project or the initiative needs somebody to take charge. People can oftentimes be resentful when you do that mm-hmm. versus people just opting out like you're describing. And then, you know, it creates a vacuum that, you know, should absolutely be filled by somebody who's going to pick up the baton and charge forward. So it was interesting when I was reading this article, they were saying uh, when I asked why, when I asked Google, why is collaboration so hard? The first thing that this one article listed was because we all have a need to do things our way. That's true. Mm. Yeah. God, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. So on a, especially a spiritual level. <laughs> so in the early stages of a collaboration, like the the one that I think of, it was a four month project. Oh my gosh! In the early stages, when you're just trying to figure out your path and decide on, like you were saying, you're gonna take a little bit of this idea and take a little bit of that idea and mix it together. So figuring out that first initial direction when there are five people on the team and five different opinions of what you should be doing, that's when it really gets hard, because you know you got to talk through all the pros and cons. Evaluate everybody's ideas versus what the end game is. I have a question for you. Lay it on me. Okay. So in, in this example, per se, you said there's five people working on something. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe that this is fair, but I'm, I'm wondering your guys' opinions. If two of those five people have one idea and the other three all have different ideas, do you guys think it's fair for these two to go ahead and be like, all right, well, this is what we're doing because majority rules. If they're taking <laughs> the bull by the horns, or say, per se. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. Uh, well, but I but, feel like in some situations they might be like, well, two out of five, you guys are all. I feel like if you let it happen, though, 
you know. Don't let I mean, it happen. Don't let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to step Just up and speak your, speak your uh, mind. So Bossy Skirt will weigh in on that and say, first of all, business is no place for democracy because <laughs> that's not what it's about. And I don't mean that meaning there's somebody in charge. I mean that what should rule the day is what decision or path makes the most sense for the business. For the majority. No, not for Mm-mm. the majority, for the, for business. the business. So let's let's make this real. So five of you are challenged with figuring out a great show idea for next year. And two of you come up with something that's really close to their hearts because, I don't know, they love unicycling. <laughs> so they're hell-bent on, we should do a show on unicycling. Mm-hmm. Okay, how big is the market for unicycling? That's... Probably pretty fucking tiny. <laughs> so to say that, but majority rules, so right? we're going to develop. No, that's, that's why I don't think that would work. That's... I just didn't know. Well, that's. I think that's. You're getting at the heart of why collaboration is so difficult because it's not about majority rules. Typically, in a work situation, it's about what makes the most sense for the business, and that might be, that might mean having to do things that you don't have any personal interest in, right. but that are going to drive great results for the company. So, letting go of our desire to be right or letting it's go of our own personal preferences, that can be a really hard part of the process, especially in the beginning. Well, doesn't it get like more challenging when you have people, I guess, even if it's not an idea that's necessarily close to your heart, <laughs> but it's an idea that you believe is right and it's what's going to make money. Mm-hmm. But everybody else thinks something else is going to make money. So, okay. You know, so then, that's when the, that's... then you genuinely believe your idea. You Absolutely. Know? That's where the Dangerous. powers of persuasion come in. No, mm-hmm. not at all. You have to yes. have a pitch, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to develop your pitch. So... Uh, in situations like that, what you want to do is fine-tune your idea, boil it down in a way that you can clearly communicate, uh, bring as many data points as possible to sort of prove your hypothesis, and see if you can persuade the team to get behind the idea. The other thing, because we all have this need to be right, uh, and you might be feeling like, oh, the team is just, they're going to resist because, you know, this is Tony's idea and they don't want it to be Tony's idea because that's human nature. One of the things that I'll sometimes do is come up with three or four options, knowing that only one of them really makes sense. But you're giving your other collaborators stuff to shoot down. Gotcha. Because that's the, the a natural... illusion of choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a real choice, and of course, if you surround it by a bunch of other bad ideas, yeah. everybody will it pick a good better. idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the approach. Sometimes that works, um, but yeah. So I guess just recognizing that everybody wants to be right, everybody wants it to go their own way. That's definitely going to be a fact. Well, just because one person's right doesn't mean other opinions are wrong exactly they could all be right but it's what's the most right ideally wouldn't it be yeah that's right and i think when you guys were talking earlier about how you as a team like you've already moved past all of this you're at the teamwork stage but initially when you first come together with a group and have to collaborate on a project part of the challenge is styles can be different too. and getting to know the people sure so you were saying that based on um the different styles you were adjusting yours to try and move the group forward but you don't know that when you first land, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out, okay, I'm a talker. This one's an idea person. Uh, this person's really good at execution. This person's really good at blue sky stuff. Like you have to kind of figure out what everybody's skill set and style is mm-hmm. to see if you can harness the best solution. It's it's tough stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really tough stuff. And then the harder it gets, the more likely people are to opt out. This reminds me of when yeah. I was a kid and I had to go to camp and they put you in groups of five with different schools, people that you've never even met before, and they're like, you guys need to build this in this amount of time with yeah. this stuff. Well, yeah, team and you're building. like, what, 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 who are you? Why, what is this? Mm-hmm. I remember.
remember that. Mm-hmm. Not make sense. So what do you remember from that experience? Did somebody like become bossy? And yeah. Start well, at that time we were all in like fifth grade. So for each for each individual group, I feel like there was that leader that kind of was like, all right, all right, we need to figure out what this stuff is. And then we need to start building it and just work from there. I feel I like that's it, not just kids. Like, that's everybody. Even mm, that's human nature as adults. We had blacks and those, like, people just step up as clear white plastic tubes. <laughs> We're supposed to build little houses. I don't know. Can I tell you, I was at a seminar not even a year ago, and they had us do the exact same <laughs> thing. I was probably playing uh, in the dirt. Ours was... <laughs> at the time. Ours was, like, standing on a bench, and you had to, like... Yeah, you had to stand on a bench and then line up alphabetical order without talking. Mm-hmm. Or, like, date or birthday or something. Oh, it was like a bunch without of people, talking? Yeah, without talking. You had to, like, figure out how to symbol your I birthday to people. remember that kind of stuff, too. <laughs> Ours was... I was at a um, women in construction seminar, and the challenge was you were supposed to build a structure... Just with like playing cards and popsicle sticks, I think. Mm. And uh, they gave you specific instructions that you had to use so many pieces and it had to be a certain height. Mm. And if somebody takes control with an idea of how you're going to get there and you learn too late in that game that it was the wrong approach, uh, uh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're done. If they start going, you might as well be like, all right, well, they seem to know. Let's yeah. do it. You got two minutes left and your thing collapses. You're starting from scratch because you listened to the wrong person. So it's a really interesting process that I don't think people ever really get great at. They always end up, well, I shouldn't say that. I think that, I think that Great collaboration can happen. It just takes a lot of effort and a lot of practice. Lincoln Park and Jay-Z. <laughs> that was a good collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> See, you funny. guys bring a whole Boom. new spin to what collaboration <laughs> means. I didn't actually, I don't totally disagree with that article, though. I don't know if us millennials are totally geared to some of the social skills like some people who are more buried in their phones maybe not us per se but i know a lot of people who don't have let's let's not label ourselves okay i'm a human okay but you're a digital native and you might be very very comfortable in that space that's all he's saying i think it's yeah people who are you know younger (laughs) (laughs) well i'm weird it's it's interesting you went there because one of the other things that it talked about is that to get to a level of true understanding, you need dialogue, genuine dialogue, and that takes time. Yeah. And oftentimes people don't invest the amount of time required to create that level of understanding so that you can come up with the right idea, understand the different skill sets. And you're absolutely right, Tony. And if I'm spending all of my time in my phone, now we're not communicating at all. I don't like doing that, though. And when I was yeah. in elementary school, we didn't even have phones at that time. So I think there's definitely that, that gap there. Middle school is when smartphones yeah, I got a, were I got a being developed. I didn't school. have one. I oh, had a yeah. flip phone in middle school to call my parents to pick me up. That's true. Yeah. That's I it. I grew up in. I got my first touchscreen phone in high school. So I am not all about it like maybe some of the younger generations now are. They get phones when they're a lot younger from their parents to check in and stuff, but they're like five, six, seven years old. I don't even prob- have a cell phone. I think it probably depends on the person. I think, you know, I mean, there are people my age who, you know, didn't get smartphones until they were in their 30s or 40s, and they can spend their entire time with their face in their phone. So I think it it, it really just uh, it really just Maybe depends. not even a generation or an age thing. It's just a person thing. Yeah. yeah. Anybody yeah. who is really into their phone, anybody who's not communicating with people on, like, a, just a regular basis, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're not going to be able to, like, coordinate with anybody mm-hmm. you're not even going to be able to know how to be like friendly or come across in like a 
pers- a personable way to somebody. You I'd know? rather be around people than by myself in my phone, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because no, I agree. But some people feel that they're, you know, they have this huge social life on their phone. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's their whole life. They make movies and songs about it. Fake profiles online. Yep. Catfishing. Must be exciting stuff. I heard on the radio this morning <laughs> that um, I don't know, like, what the years were that they looked at for this, you know, particular statistic, but, like, it used to be back in the day, like, 50% of 16-year-olds were driving, get you know, had their license, you know, paying for a car or, you know, whatever, that, that driving was, like, a priority for 16-year-olds. Um, and then nowadays it's more like 25% because... Mm-hmm. Because supposedly these kids are more interested in exploring on their phone than exploring in the real world. That's sad. <laughs> oh, I couldn't wait. And to I get think out. that's. I'm like, I don't know if I really believe that's the reason, um, but I do know my little brother is going to be 19 and he does not have his license, and I don't think he's that pressed on getting it. And it's just becoming like more and more common for like teenagers now to like not have that as a priority. And, and I know that we're talking about, like, careers and things like that, but it just it, it lends itself to how the mindset and how, like, the, the environment of technology is really shaping, like, what is important mm-hmm. to, to people nowadays. Sign of the times. I totally agree. I, I think one of the things that often doesn't get cited, because I've heard that statistic, too, yeah. and that, that was true. In, sad in, and with, scary. Yeah. Well, but they don't talk about the options of ride sharing now with yeah, Uber. Exactly. Who, who I was needs thinking a, about car a driver's boy. license? You can just order an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> I have my smartphone. I want to pay ten dollars a day True, no, to agreed. get where I'm going with an Uber. I agree. Ultimately, yeah. but I know cars obviously. aren't cheap. Car insurance isn't cheap. Gas and prices are fluctuating all the time. That's I wonder if there's like economic so factors too. Maybe the teenagers are just car- carpooling together more, That's and they're being smart, and we don't even know. Well, so I think the other thing, uh, did the article list at all the differences in um, ages when people have their first job? No, this was strictly, it was just a quick little blurb on the radio, like uh, just just about teenagers and driving. Because I know some of you had jobs in high school. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I had a job in high school. And so if, it was much more common mm-hmm. back in my day mm-hmm. for people to work at high school. So you had the means to put gas in your car, mm-hmm, to right. pay for your insurance. Yeah. And nowadays, so it's many hard. high school kids don't work. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because, you know, with standardized testing, school has become more difficult. It's much more competitive on getting into the right college. So, or and like ex- extracurriculars yeah. are so important, mm-hmm. so I mean, they don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. But All I think that, good. yeah, I think that being able to um, financially sustain a car looks really different now yeah. than it used to as well. And working at McDonald's isn't, it's it doesn't get you very far as far as like you'll get so many raises there but you're only ever going to make so much there and and life is constantly costing more and more and more and more and more so well when i think about like what my friends did for jobs and everybody had a job i mean it was part time but everybody had a job my yeah. first job i was a waitress my boyfriend was a busboy i was at wendy's lots of people worked at mcdonald's or wendy's <laughs> because it was just about having That's pocket money where really I could go. yeah yeah it wasn't you know? far from home yeah. it wasn't hard so nobody was thinking intensive. about advancement as much as they were just you know I yeah. will it work yeah, in my when schedule when i was 16 i just wanted to work mm-hmm. i just wanted to just be there. I didn't even want to go to school Probably and do so you homework. Could buy something really trivial, though. Right? Yeah, Not exactly. Save your money up exactly. to buy a car. Yeah, I wanted like food. Well, yeah. no, I, 
wanted like to be able shoes. to get it. Actually, I wanted to get a car because I was I was 16 and didn't have a car. I, I got my license at 18 and started driving oh. at 18. So that yeah. was my deadline, though. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to be 18 and not have a driver's license yeah. or a car. I, like, I'm just not okay with that. <laughs> so did you wrong. use Uber and Lyft as a 16, 17-year-old? No. I wasn't really a big thing. Mom! <laughs> yeah. Or friends carpooling. Like yeah, that. exactly. I had a few yeah. friends that yeah. drove before me, but I was one of the older ones in my class. My, friends my birthday me. fell funky. Mm-hmm. You know, just pay for gas money. They love nobody you. ever gave me gas money. Well, and so that was the, <laughs> like, if I think back, so not so everybody worked. Not everybody had their own car. It was it was pretty cool if you had your own car, mm-hmm. but everybody just drove their parents' cars right. everywhere. A lot of mm-hmm. the time, yeah. Yeah, so you're right. There was the carpool thing happened back then. I just feel like there's so much that's changing and different, and the, and the cars that like my mom or dad would lease now, they wouldn't let me drive it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, peop- that was the other thing. Leasing wasn't such a huge thing. I mean, people drove beaters, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, my first car cost $500. Oh I mean, I mine didn't cost anything. It came from the junkyard. Yeah, I mean, that's as, as long as <laughs> you it, got it running, though. As long as yeah. it ran. My dad surprised me with it, and it so was <laughs> who really won Alana? Right. Wait, that Impala out there? No, no I was that's gonna like say. my eighth car. Okay, I would hope so. <laughs> I'm not. No, that's not that. Um, no, my first car was a '93 Grand Marquis. My dad tricked oh. me, and he said, "Do you want to make some money?" <laughs> cleaning out this car. I'm like, that's random. But I was 15, so I was like, heck yeah, I want to make some money, right? Going along with what we're saying, like, what teenager doesn't want money, right? Mm -hmm. So we did it, and we cleaned it out, and afterward he was like, here's the keys. And I was like, for what? He was like, it's your car. And I was like, Oh, I don't even have my license yet, but this is so sweet. So it sat, you know, in front of the house for, you know, but did you love your car? Of course. Because they had some sort of like story. pride about it, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, but and I had no idea, and it was again, it was from the junkyard. I don't know how he arranged it, but Aww. it was pretty funny. That's, you know, that's pretty legit. Yeah, I had my that first car, for car. A year. and you felt good it. about it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we all miss our first cars. Oh, you, yeah, you. You just feel. you get a bond with yeah. it. You love it. You I got my license. Nostalgic. I had my car. It didn't run. My dad didn't fix it till like a year after my license. And then I had my car. But it's it's interesting. So um, the article you were reading just talked about. Sorry, we have a studio <laughs> studio Sorry, injury whoops. there. Um, there's uh, I'll get the stats wrong because it's been a while since I looked at this. But they were talking about the four milestones of adulthood, which is to finish college, get your own apartment, you know, or move move out of the house, uh, get married, and have children. Those four milestones. And they were talking about, like, how many people between the ages of 18 and 30 had achieved all of the milestones, like, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and now today. It is going down so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, everybody's starting to get to the age now where they can move out or move in with friends. But, I mean, not a lot of people are talking about getting married. And it's been all over the press about how low the birth rate is because... People are really putting off having kids. So wow. I think I put I think of driving as another one of those mm-hmm. sort of adult milestones, yeah. and it feels like all of them are just all we're, we're all taking longer to reach them. Well, mm-hmm. we're super overpopulated right now, so it's not necessarily a bad thing at the moment. Yeah, that's why they they call that word adultolescence. <laughs> what? Or you've you've heard adulting? Yeah. Okay, so it's all about how those milestones as they are taking us longer and longer to achieve. We're staying in our adultolescence, that's a made-up word, uh, for a lot longer. That's okay with me. It's Exactly. I don't know. 
I mean, I think it's interesting to look at just from a sociological standpoint on how we're behaving differently, but I don't think, I, I bring no judgment to it that it's a good thing mm-hmm. or a bad thing. I mean, I suppose if I sold cars for a living or homes for a living, I would think it was a bad thing. It might be bad, yeah. (laughs) But hey, you get there when you're ready to get there. Yeah, you know, doing our best. It's not like I'm just sitting in my grandma's basement, like, (laughs) hoping for good things to come to me, you know? Well, then let's face it. I'm trying every day. Those deadlines are made up. Who, Who cares? I love that. Right? I love that. Just because somebody else was successful by 25 doesn't mean you need to be by 30. Yep. Everybody's on their... Yeah own spectrum their yeah. own their own journey i love will. to say that everybody has to run their own race yeah it's nobody's journey but yours yeah yeah i dig it i dig it <laughs> do you dig it do tony you dig i it? haven't heard from you in a minute <laughs> i know i'm just <laughs> where you been i i was i could weigh in on the i weigh in on this topic here i think that like uh, i i think there's like some of that steps like the moving out thing i feel like a lot of that's not happening because of like where the economy is at and like a lot of people are just moving out right from their parents house and getting married or like if they are getting married if they're just gonna move in with their significant other or whatever i I mean that's to me seems like what's happening i don't see different stuff all over like i i almost want to skip the apartment phase and just get a house yeah at this point get a better job yeah just make sure you get like or get a better like paying get a little bit more income and just get a house and Move out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so establish your foundation else. more. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But I feel I, like people these days are either moving right out, and I'm not. I'm not trying to name names, but you, your significant other is doing phenomenal yeah. on her own. Yeah. And she's what early twenties. Yeah. Twenty two. It's yeah. just I, different for I, everyone. I, it's different for everybody. That's she's exactly like Alana, right. She's like Alana though. She's working four. She's working four jobs. And, and at that, that point, it's like. I feel bad because the, I don't want to sound like mean when I say this. I just feel bad because they're working so hard and achieving all this fantastic stuff. They never really have time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How often like do we all get to go out? No, never. Agreed, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've, I've I've seen them for my birthday. We were talking about this last week, right? That's why I think the self care trend yeah, yeah. is so popular. It needs to be. Uh, because more important there's yeah there's just it, it takes a lot of effort to start achieving those milestones and you want to still feel good and healthy and whole while you're doing yeah. it uh, but you know i mean they call it the i don't want to say the rat race because that implies that you're competing with other people but mm-hmm. you know the treadmill of life never, you know it's a it's a ending. real it's a real thing so tony you saying you know what i want to i want to wait till i have my shit set up so that it isn't so hard once I take the leap. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think about, yeah, I just think about, like, all the things I actually do at home, which is not a lot. <laughs> and then it becomes a really easy decision at that point. It's like, do I want to pay eight or $900 a month to basically have just a place to sleep, mm-hmm. even though I already have a place to sleep? <laughs> Start learning how to cut the grass and stuff, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I already do that I was stuff. Say, if he doesn't know that by now. <laughs> I mean, I could be completely honest and say I've never cut a lawn. Really? You got to get out there. I need to do it before I get a place. It's so pretty, I know it's out. pretty therapeutic. And it, it smells fantastic. I hate grass. I used to roll on it when like I was little. Mowers. I'd get super itchy. Unless, yeah, unless you got a push mower, then yeah. you just smell like gasoline. <laughs> You just have to find somebody with a really big lawn and be like, you have a tractor, like a like a rider. Yeah, like, but just the, do that. It's my fun. plus one's property is all hilly, and her dad like has almost rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> so but I'm it's scared. kind of a rubbish. Just 
Ask him if you can do it one time. Ask him if you can do it one time. Alana, I'm very accident prone. I think we just found your career, Alana. I'm going to own a lawn. A landscaping business. Oh, boy. Focused on hills. You specialize in hills. Tune in next time. Well, we took a big old adulting detour, but that was fun. Thank you, everybody. Check us out at newradiomedia.com or bossyskirt.com. Thanks for listening to Work Hacks with Bossy Screw. We'll see you next time. Bye.